We back at it. Yes, sir. Happy Thursday, February 2nd. Second. Happy birthday, Cali. Black History Month, as my guy D-Butt would say. Mm-hmm. Black History Month all year. But Every welcome month, back. Baby. Another episode of the Man and Man Pod. I'm one half. I'm AB. Got my co-host D-Butt live from the Thunderdome. Yes, sir. How your day going? How your morning going so far? So hey, so far so good, man. Everything going good. It's 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 brisk out here. It's definitely brisk. Been out, been cold for the last couple of days, but um, you know, no no snow, no rain, no sleet. So I don't mind a little little chilly weather for a couple of days, but it's been um, it's been nice, man. Been a good vibe. What about you? How your week going so far? Man, so far so good, man. This morning, um, been raining, little. Cloudy and gloomy here in Charlotte, North mm-hmm. Carolina. But um, other than that, man, all is well. And the uh, the groundhog came out today. I, I saw I had the news on uh, in my hotel this morning. I didn't know that they still like that's that's like a real thing. I've seen it kind of all over the country. I've seen one in Pittsburgh, one in Indy. Uh, I've seen two diff- different stories though. Some groundhogs seeing the shadows, so it's six more weeks of winter. So I'm saying it's not. What's the what's the what's the verdict on that, man? Hey, I don't know, man. They didn't they didn't stick to the script, man. You know, you know, Arian Foster says the script, man. Groundhogs, they didn't stick to the script, man. But I was listening to the radio this morning, and they was kind of talking about that. Like, should they do away with Groundhog Day, or is it something? Because I think when we were growing up, it was that was a thing. Like that was a for real, for real thing. I think most people believe yeah. it. Like, we saw yeah. a shadow six six more weeks of winter. Like, should we do away with Groundhog Day? That's a, that's a, hey, that's a question for the, <laughs> for, the, for the chat today, man, for the for the people in the comment section. Should but we does, do away with Groundhog Day? Does it hold up, though? That, that's all I want to know. Does it hold like, in you know, who knows what the answers are? And who when what Groundhog are we going off of? Is it a specific Groundhog in a specific place? Or like, how does that work? And it, and and what's that? What's their record like? Like last four, I need this they track record. Last four, six, ten years. <laughs> right. You see a shadow. How our winters? Is global warming a facade? Like, let me know, man. I need to know because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. I, we keep the old shit. We keep some of the old stuff if it's working. But if it's not, get it out of there. Just give me, just give me an AI robot. Let me know what what what, what the weather gonna do. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. But I think we got a good show today, man. Um, mm-hmm. TB12 announced again that he's done. He's retired. We obviously won't get everybody, you know, com- uh, comments and, you know, um, and concerns if there's any about TB12. Um, Sean Payton coming to head coach over in Denver. Um, D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Houston Texans. Um, again, next week. Around this time, we would know the new class, the 2023 um, Hall of Famers. So we'll talk about that. I know we talked about it once before when that final list came out. But we'll touch on that again. Obviously, D-Butt, this time next week, we'll be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, We will be on Radio Road. We'll give you guys some more information on that as far as our live times, our live shows. Um, and our times next week, so yep. and it will be two two days next week, but it won't be Monday, so exactly. it'll be Thursday and Friday. And like AB said, we'll get you the times, uh, maybe even, even mention some of the guests. And it's Radio Row, so you don't know who's gonna walk by and yeah, hey, yo, hey, come on, let us for you know 10 15. So, um, that's what kind of the Super Bowl is all about if you're not playing in the game, bunch of networking, you know, interviews, doing this, doing that. So, we definitely gonna have our our fun out. This is our first time doing this, right? As a pot. Yeah. I mean, we went yeah. out to the we went out to the Pro Bowl when we were yep. in the Blue Wire studio. Mm-hmm. But first time, man. The media credentials. Yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll be out there, man. Gonna be a good time. Facts, 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 facts. But you know, we'll get to a, another great show. Uh <clears throat> coming from the Man to Man Pod. We're gonna catch you on the other side. Yes, sir.
we're back. Do, do. back. We're back. Oh, let's jump right into it, man. 100%. Let's jump right into it, man. Tom Brady says he's retiring from football for good this time. For good, for good, man. So any reactions this time, D-Buck? Any reactions? Um, yeah, because I was a little, you know, I was a little surprised. I know last year when, when Shefty and Darlington broke this, I believe, uh, I believed it, right? You know, going off a, a year where he was in the MVP race and obviously the team, I think they lost in the division round against the Rams before the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, news broke from Shefty uh, either the same day, uh, the 1st of February or the day before maybe. But uh, anyway, it broke, and I remember you specifically saying, like, I don't believe it. Like, I think he'll come back, and, and even if he didn't want to come back, he'll come back just to, despite it's going to be a spite year for the people uh, leaking it and him not being able to break it himself. Uh, he actually he did come back. And man, I be calling that shit, D-Buck. Yeah, you, 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 you <laughs> called that shit. You called that shit. He came back. Um, and then obviously we know what took place in his personal life. We don't know how much, you know, football actually, you know, had to do with that. Um, but, you know, he came back. And for that reason, I feel like a lot of people felt like, okay, now that that has happened, he probably going to play for another couple of years. That's kind of how I felt. I, I, I was wouldn't have been surprised if he came back and played two more years. But knowing he got that Fox deal on the table, um, you know, situation with the kids, been on the East Coast and all that. He made this decision. And, you know, it was a short, sweet video. He said he kind of can't do what he did last year again, all the emotion and all that. And it's just true. Um, but, you know, I believe him. I believe that he's done. And uh, shout out, salute, salute to the GOAT on a great, uh, great career, man. What was your what was your reaction to it? Nah, man, the same. You know, I think this time, you know, um, you're going to go through with it. Go through with it. You know, you see, even in the video, got choked up a little bit, but he said, look, man, you can't be emo you can't get emotional two times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to your point, man, a long, long career. Um, did it the right way. Um, at the top of the shit, at the top of his game for for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and that's all players want to. You want to go out on your terms. And uh he's been able to do that two times. So Again, man, to the GOAT, one of the greatest to ever do it, played a position, um, did a lot for the game. And to your point, you know, he'd be able to sell over to the sunset on another lucrative deal. I'm not yeah. sure Greg Olsen is too, uh, too happy about that. I know Greg Olsen came out and was like, damn, like, TB12 <laughs> come to get my spot. But, uh, but, but good stuff from time, man. Good stuff from yeah. time. Greg, uh, Greg was on, on Pat's show last week. And um, that obviously came up and he was just kind of like, you know, you know, he know what he signed up for. And, and you know, obviously he plans to do it, uh, do that thing in the booth for a long time. But he also knows he signed up for and it's, you know, you know, Brady's out there, you know, it's not going to be quote unquote fair. But it's just, you know, everybody kind of get treated differently when he they, they gave him that contract and the number one spot in the booth. I'm interested to see how that all plays out, because in my humble opinion, and I feel like a lot of play callers, analysts, uh, not play callers, um, broadcasters, announcers, it's a lot more of a a, a microscope on them now almost um, than it's ever been. And in my humble opinion, I think Greg Olsen is the best in the game right yeah. now. You know, yeah, he 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 crushed it this year, been at number one uh, Fox booth. He'll be calling the Super Bowl with Burkhart. I think, uh, think Olsen, as far as when it comes to being that color analyst, like adding the, the layers to the, hey, this is why this happened. It's yeah. right protection. It's probably what a quarterback was trying to do. This is what the coverage is trying to Because, you know, he's a smart player, played for a long time in the tight end for, position. For Situationally, sure. you know, end of the game, you know, this is why the clock running. This is why this, that, and the third. And obviously I think Brady will be able to fill in all that too. But I think, I feel like Greg did a great, great job. Um, and years previous, but especially this year, he definitely coming to his own. So good problem for Fox to have, I guess. But we'll see how they are at all. Plays out. You think uh you think Tom gonna be a part of the, the Super Bowl broadcast at all? I think so. I think so. I think there'll be a perfect way just to to get him in there, you know. Um and you and look out and look how it's look how it's, it's being done, right? You know, Aaron Foster already said like this stuff is scripted, right? So this is a perfect script. You know, you announce your retirement, you know, and Get the right. buzz going two weeks before two, the, two weeks before the Super Bowl, 
And somehow, some way, Tom Brady will be involved, whether it's on the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, on the field, in the booth, whatever the case may be. I would do it. I mean, why? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I I would add it to the script for sure. I don't know how big I I wouldn't put him in the booth actually calling the games, obviously, but somehow, some way, you better believe, and you know the numbers are probably gonna be astronomical. You know, obviously two great teams, two great quarterbacks, great coaches, all those things, but um, you know, why not have a GOAT come back and, and bring a little bit more eyes to it? You know, you got Brady, you had Rihanna, you had a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 I'm for that script. Good show, baby. A good show. Mm-hmm. And um, talking about the script. <laughs> did you wait, see wait, the video? Before, yeah, I did. I did. I did. And I need to know because you picked off Brady how many times? Um, four. I think three off three. 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 Three or four. Three times, so three times you 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 pick Brady off. Obviously, you know talking about Brady and his retirement and all that. But yeah, I just want to know what your uh, you could throw the Brady order order Arian Foster brand back up because I just want to know what was your thoughts in that in that locker room or in training camp or whenever you got that script. You was like, I guess hey, what a day on the post. So this 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 is crazy. So my first official. Um, interception was on Tom Brady and Foxborough. Wow. Yeah, my rookie year. That was my first and only pick that year during the regular season, man. So you couldn't tell me shit. And I'm, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like, you know, my first pick, my only pick in the regular season was on, on 12 and Foxborough. So when I read that script, I said, they slid, <laughs> over, they, they slid it over my side. I said, what you think about this one your first year? Your first pick being on the on the on the goal. He's already gonna be the goal. We tell you now, twenty three years later. Yeah. Well, not twenty three. I'm not sure how many years that was then, but these this he came in oh one. Shit, he was only five. He only had five. He came in oh one, right? It was oh one. Oh one or two thousand, I believe. Yeah. All right. So sixteen. Mm-hmm. 16, 17, eight, what, 18, 18, or whatever. Got the first one. Yeah, the first one. So I was cool with that script. I was cool with yeah. that. He technically, probably not. I probably picked off Hoyer or somebody first, but he was, I guess, the first starting NFL quarterback I picked off too in practice. And, and I remember bad practice training camp, picked Brady off. He was throwing the Moss too. So I'm on Moss press. Boom. Get around. Boop. Go and pick it. Brady said some shit, you know, talking shit like, you know, I threw you a bone or you'll never do that again, some shit like that, man. It's, I couldn't wait to get off that practice field. Oh, my brother. <laughs> call you. Hey, what? <laughs> hey, man. I'm hey. nice, man. I told you, man. I'm not going to Pro Bowl this shit, man. Y'all can't tell me shit. I picked up Brady today with 707. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, the, you know, he had to wait for the CDs. Had yeah. to cut up to the practice, send him the joints of it. Man, I, and then the shit was so funny. The shit made it to the Sun Sentinel. Uh, back out, I was like our local newspaper. Yeah, it was, literally had a write up about me picking Tom Brady off in the training camp practice. Uh, but I take it, man. I take yeah. it, man. Hey, it's funny you it's say that. Shit. Because, hey, it's funny you say that because it was the same shit on my end, bro. It was a week. This was a week when I was like, yo, I'm a, I'm a Hall of Famer, right? It was a week <laughs> in practice, yo. It was like three days in a row, yo. I got to pick off Peyton, yo. And it wasn't like on no tip balls, like I was driving digs coming out of cover yeah. two, and I, you know what I'm saying? Rookie and the same, year, rookie year, like rookie year, and it was the same thing, like, bro, I want to take this ball and I want to run this to the sideline and give it to Team Frog, like, yo, put it in the box, yo. So, <laughs> I'm, 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 fra- I'm, I'm boxing these, I'm framing these. Um, but like the same thing, getting back to that hotel room and calling my boys, like, man, that shit easy out here, man. It's this cake out here. Nice, man. They they ain't seen nothing like me before, man. But yeah, them practices, man. And and you said you had the same experience with all them dogs that you had to see every day in practice. But um, that's that, and that's and we kind of spoke about this with uh Joshua Williams, um, the rookie rookie corner out there in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, when we sat down with him, you know, talking about how how great it is and how important it can be in your career to just go to a good team. 
get drafted to a good team. We talked, we said, look, y'all gonna be successful, y'all gonna be right in the, in the Super Bowl. He had a pick last game in the championship game, but I'm um, just going to a good team. Obviously, you know how 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 everyone's being coached, how everyone's been accountable, the building, the culture, et cetera, et cetera. But those practices, man, like it was so much intensity in those practices. Um, and when you made plays or made a check or um, won a third down period against Tom Brady, Wes Welker, you know, Randy Moss, Kevin Falk. Like, shit, once we got to Sunday, like, it was like, oh, that, whoever we got on Sunday, and that was good. That was about to be my question for you. Like, not saying that Sundays were easy, but going against those type of players, those caliber of players, all in, you know, in training camp and, you know, during the season, a lot of times you're going through scout yeah. team, but sometimes coach will be like, yo, we're going to do good on good, good versus mm-hmm. good in this in this particular um, period. Like, how did, how how was how were you mentally on the field come Sunday, come going against another another quarterback or whatever the case may be? Yeah, it, de- it definitely – you definitely had that mindset of, of running out of that tunnel. Like, you feel like it, it was – Probably never a game as a Patriot where you ran out of that tunnel and felt like you you were gonna lose that game. Like you felt mm-hmm. like like legit, like we're gonna win this game. You know, we're more prepared. Uh the practices, the training, the conditioning. We used to condition after every practice in training camp and even during the season. It wouldn't, you know, de- depending on the day, it wouldn't be anything crazy. Maybe, you know, four sprints, but it was something. So mentally you felt like, hey, I'm gonna be better conditioned as well. Um so, yeah, I wouldn't say it was easy. Obviously, it's still the NFL, so and you know it better than anybody. You're still going to have your different challenges and obviously different plays and different schemes, different running backs you got to tackle, different shit you got to deal with. But going through that, uh, that, that basically that trial by fire um, early on, it definitely made it easier once you got to the games, man. But because um, you, you knew. Like it ain't gonna be, it ain't gonna be Brady over there. It ain't gonna be, yeah. and then that's why when, we, and when it was Colts week, it was it was a little different. It, it was a little it was a little more sense of urgency, a little more uh, pep in everybody's step, so to say. And uh, I don't know how y'all practice, but, but like our scout team, uh, a lot of players, a lot of starters were going, you know, still good three four reps on the scout team. Yeah, uh, even even during 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 the uh, regular season week. So uh, practices were intense, man. Yeah, yeah. Nah, man. That's why. <clears throat> that's why the Patriots are so good for so long, man. Like, yeah. You know, it's not one of those things where you can turn on or turn off. Like, that had to be a, like you said, a culture thing, like practice. Mm-hmm. You know, you never saw, we never saw, I never saw Marvin or Reggie Wayne or Peyton taking days off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just wasn't, that wasn't happening. Like, in order for, for the timing and everything to be crisp and right, we got to be out here and we got to practice. Um, for sure. So to your point, man, like those those practices and being able to see those guys and line up in front of those guys, it was <clears throat> helped my career out tremendously early in my career. Yeah, absolutely. You carry those. And as a young player, for me, you know, I didn't really appreciate it as much. Um, you know, being in it those first, I was only in New, New England for two years, then I went to Carolina that third year, and then you had a rookie head coach with Ron Rivera, rookie quarterback with Cam Newton. Um I'm not sure how long the gym was there, but you could just tell it was just a much like people were trying to fi- everybody trying to figure it out. You're trying to almost create a coach. You know, you had good, great players. You had Steve Smith there. You had Sh- Shockey, Jeremy, yeah. uh, um, Jeremy Shockey. Olsen was there. You know, you had great players there. Stewart and all the guys on defense, Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, Chris Gamble. But um, you still were trying to build that because they were a good team, too. But new quarterback, number one pick. New head coach, like it was just a lot of moving parts. So it was completely different coming over from New England. But um, big big part of that was obviously Tom Brady, man. Great, mm-hmm. great uh, ambassador for the league. Uh, you know, wasn't that, you know, number one pick, number one prospect coming out of high school. And then just, you know, kind of that whole road. Got it, bet on himself. Had to do it kind of the, the gritty way. And then uh, in the locker room, man, was always a great teammate. And that that those type of things go a lot further than any, anything else for me in, in, in my book. So shout out to time. We'll see him in the hall in five years. Him and uh, shit, him and JJ be going in the same class. And yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shout out. <clears throat> shout out. Um, we're gonna touch on it real quick. <laughs> 
Former NFL running back Arian Foster says NFL players are giving a script every season. And one thought out there, he was he was joking. He was not serious. Um, but it's made headlines, you know, it's going through the media, a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about it. And then we was kind of texting about it last night, where you know, you got some other former players saying, like, well, damn, like somebody Jit me on my script. You know, Dan Lovlowski, he put his video up of him running out of the back of the end zone. and um, RG3. RG3. Then uh, I think it was um, – who was it? Humphrey was like – I think it was like – well, I didn't – well, he said, I didn't agree to Jamal Chase forcing <laughs> me for 200 yards on my script. <laughs> so – so uh, – Oh man, man, but 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 it's crazy that some people actually really think that this thing called the NFL is scripted. Yeah. Uh, I know we had a conversation about the refs, and you know, mm-hmm. definitely got to get better on that note. But there's no, I don't, there's no way we can script this. Yeah, it, it's it's just too much going on, man, and, and people are. You know, and you got so many podcasts and so many different things now where you can hear athletes talk about their stories. People go through everybody go through a lot of shit, but people go through so much to get to that level. And you, you know, you you fight a lot of guys are fighting for their jobs every yeah. every week out there. You know, so to think like, oh yeah, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for I'm gonna, I'm gonna play my role. And then you don't know who's gonna be where, you don't know who's gonna call what play, who's gonna have an ankle role. It's just so many things that go on. Now, like the conversation we had. <laughs> a conversation we had on uh on the, was it Monday on Monday about you know the refs need to be better and, yeah. and understanding why people are saying hey man this shit might be rigged you know might not scripted obviously but, hey this shit might be rigged as far as like wanting one team to win over another but then once again that'll go back to the you know the Cowboys will be in the Super Bowl every two three years if that was the case but the refs got to be better man uh, you hate when it's when a great game is being played, especially in the playoffs, and the conversation is about the refs. You know, the refs shouldn't be the conversation in the game. But to say it is scripted or, I mean, that's 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 absolute tomfoolery. And it was so funny, that tweet, that um, – so it was, a, it was a tweet, obviously, with the video of him saying – clearly being sarcastic in the video about it being uh, scripted. But the tweet, the caption, hey, former NFL player Aaron Foster says NFL is rigged. And, like, you can see underneath by the replies, by the way, the replies were unbelievably hilarious. But you could tell half the people didn't even watch the video. Right. They just went off the capture of the video. And, uh, you know, Aaron Foster, he's been you know, a little out there. He's been a different dude for sure, even while he was in the league. Uh, but, yeah, this 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 gave me a good one on that uh, good on timeline for sure. Yeah. And so we're going we're gonna to run a little bit of the clip. Yeah, people that didn't hear or see. It's funny, before we started taping, uh, Arian was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call because yeah, they gonna, hate you yeah, and they love the Colts. Yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF. So it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen. But you just still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey. They ripped that shit. They killed that. Yeah. But obviously, like you said, that. you can tell that. <laughs> but not for some people. They, 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 they missed the part of being able to read, read the room or read a person when they're being <laughs> sarcastic or facetious. But, um, but to your point, man, they killed that one right there. Oh, that was funny, man. That was good. Hey, it's some good content right there. Appreciate that, fellas. Facts, 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 facts. Oh, so man. I'm not sure <clears throat> how true this says, um, but my guy it's Brad from the internet is true. Yeah, <laughs> my guy Brad Richardson, one of our day ones. A B oh, yep. the Detroit Lions hire cornerback coach Dre Black. So again, the Detroit Lions hiring a formal player. Um, shout out. Mm-hmm. A seven five seven legend, 
Um, legend. 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 Went to um, the University of North, North Carolina, Tar Hill. Was he just was coaching been, down there, too. Was yep. Co- yep, coaching down there as well. So, again, man, shout out to Detroit Lions, man, bringing somebody else on that staff that – that played the game, played at a played at a high level, very high level. Um, so again, man, Detroit Lions doing what they do. Yeah, I love it, man. He played for. Did he have a Lions career? He played for the Lions at all. I, I, I don't know why I feel like I remember. I think he did. Lions, yeah, I, I think he did. Broncos, but yeah, Dre Dre was a dog, man. He was a, he he got that tater. He got his hands on the rock. Uh, obviously, uh, great respect to him as a player. And uh, he already got some coaching years under his belt. So getting on this staff already littered with former players. I don't know if you saw, but Deuce Staley left uh, the staff. He was the assistant head coach and the, obviously the running backs coach as well. He left to join Frank Wright in Carolina um, yesterday, I believe. But um, so you lose Deuce Staley and you add Dre Bly. And uh, Lions seem to be going in the in the right direction. Fired their DB coach last year midseason. And then um, defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, you know they finish they finish strong, strong yeah. in the secondary man. So uh, Aaron Glenn too, he's been getting some some head coaching uh, looks from that defensive coordinator position. I believe he was one of the interviews for the Colts as well. Um, so shout out to to AG and uh, Dre Blot, man. For sure, for sure. And then as always, man, shout out to our boy Shep over there doing this. Shep dog. Shep dog. Um. Talking about hirings. We're going to go to the AFC South, man. We talked about this. Um, D'Amico Ryan's doing a hell of a job as a defensive coordinator for the uh, San Francisco 49ers past couple years. Um, one of the top defenses in the NFL. Um, going back to the team that drafted him in 2006, um, D'Amico Ryan's hired as, a, uh, as, the, as the head coach, I think, on a six-year deal. Um, as that... I think it was, yeah, six-year deal. I think everybody was saying, you know, got to give him some time um, to build that culture, um, to put his imprint on that team, man. Your thoughts on this hire? A good one? Uh, great one for, 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 for the Texans. Um, yeah. From the Texans standpoint, I believe, uh, was, was a, a, a great player there. Um, as, a, as a Texan, obviously, that's still a young franchise, so great linebacker there. Um, captain. Uh, 06, so y'all the same draft class? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, to 06, uh, so played a while in the league. Um, it's great in the community. J.J. Watt seemed very excited about him. Uh, and obviously he's done tremendous things over there in San Fran. Been that, been that coordinator for the last two years. Been on the staff with Shanahan for the last six years. Uh, so it's a great, great hire from uh, the Texans uh, standpoint. I, w- I was kind of – when this whole coaching cycle started – my first thought for D'Amico Ryans was to stay away from Houston. Honestly, that was my first thought just because of what they've done, you know, with the last couple of hires with Lovey, uh, Lovey Smith and, and David Culley, um, you know, giving them both one and dones basically with, 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 with terrible rosters and, and opportunities to really succeed. You know, it takes time. I mean, we always talk about on here. It takes time to build that culture, to get the players in there, to have a scheme, do all those different things. So, um, I'm sure he he felt comfortable. Obviously, it's a long-standing relationship there with some people probably in that building, similar to Jeff Saturday, who seems to be be almost a shoe in right now for the coach job. Um, same with Frank Wright, who has roots out there in Carolina. Yeah, he went back and took that Panthers job. So this kind of has been the trend of this offseason. Um, so I'm happy for D'Amico, though. He definitely deserves this um, this title. It's only 32 of them. Um, and the reports were, according to Ian Rappaport, rap sheet, that uh, the Broncos won them. You know, Broncos yep. took a couple swings at them, couldn't land them, and then ended up going, uh, you know, heavy for Sean Payton and ended up landing him. But um, shout out to D'Amico Ryans, man. He earned this defensive side of the ball. I'm definitely rooting for all these defensive coordinators. Obviously rooting for him a little extra because he's black. Yeah, I am. Uh, so all those things are definitely um, true. But um, excited for him, man. You know, it's, it's the stack. The deck is stacked against defensive coaches with all these rules being changed for offenses um, year in, year out. And, um, you know, the deck has always been stacked against black coaches. So shout out to D'Amico Ryans, man. Great, great hire, I believe, for the Texans. And um, I'm hoping they give them time to turn, Got that, to. Uh, turn that franchise around, man. What's your thoughts on your old draft mate? 
Man, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Um, but first and foremost, you got to give him time, man. Got to give him time. Let him come in there and do what he do. Um, you know, again, I was kind of with you where we always talk about, you know, as a head coach and you get your first opportunity as a as an African-American, as a black man, you want to go mm-hmm. to a situation that's uh, way better than where the Houston Texans are right now. Yeah. Um, we know how impatient these owners and how the league is where, you know, um, you get a job. They want you to be good the same exact year, and it just doesn't work that way. So um, my big, my biggest thing is, you know, the Houston Texans giving him time to um, orchestrate what he needs to to orchestrate over there in that organization. And, again, you know, going back to to the team that drafted you in 06, I'm pretty sure he had a soft spot there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think he, I think, he, think he can go there and do a good job. I think he can go in there and do a job. I hope he goes in there and do a good job. Um and see, you know, see what the Texans can do. Yeah, man, they have the yeah. second pick this year. I think they got a couple. I feel like they got a couple picks in the, in the top ten. So somebody in the chat probably got it. But uh, yeah, man, gotta gotta hit on those picks. Obviously, most likely you're gonna be drafting your quarterback of the future. Uh, yeah, so coming in as a, as a first year head coach, that's important. That was, you know, that was that's the case a lot of times honestly chuck he took over for the coach drafted andrew luck yeah um the uh, the year before that cam newton with ron rivera um so you know hopefully you hit and and, question for you see where you go from there question for you you coming from san fran Mm -hmm. reports reports out there jimmy g and san francisco 49ers are going to split ways if you're D'Amico ryan you mm. go sit in that, G, that GM's office and say, mm. hey, I've seen this firsthand. Mm. This, this the GM, guy. The, uh, the GM, Nick Casario, also is familiar with Jimmy G as well. He's part yeah, of the came Patriots. From the yeah. Patriots, right. So yeah. is that a mm. route that you can possibly take instead uh. of – you know, you said it. Jimmy G was Jimmy G was your guy. You he said, was. "Hey, if you you the coach, you need to go after Jimmy G." I did. You, know, you said it like the San Francisco 49ers had the best quarterback room situation <laughs> in the league. Hey, they got so, down to the third, fourth string and made it to the AFC Championship. I might have been on to something. Facts, facts, facts. So, Call is this a possible? Is this a possible move for the Houston Texans? I mean, it's definitely a possible move, but I mean, with with Jimmy G's injury history, up to, and you know, D'Amico would notice just as good as anyone at this point, being being a part of that staff for the last six years. I'm not hanging my hat on Jimmy G going getting my getting my first job, my first head coaching job. I can't say you know, talent wise, I think yes, he's there. Still relatively young when it comes to playing a quarterback position. Uh, has shown that he can win. Um, but you know, nah, I would, you know, fresh start, especially look, I would assume he sat down with that ownership group and laid out a plan, probably a three, four year plan. And that most likely included drafting one of these quarterbacks, whether it be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, um, or whoever else is at the top of the draft, that could be a potential top pick, but I think that's going to be the route they go. Um, We'll see though. Maybe maybe they do trade one of these, and, and maybe they trade to Justin Fields. I don't know. Who knows? A lot of different options right now for old D'Amico, man. Justin Fields. Yeah, give me give me Justin Fields. Y'all take the try, trade up the one. Nah, never mind. All right, we'll see. Another not Jimmy G though. Got options. Another higher Sean Payton higher. As the Broncos head coach, um, and this Sean Payton's trade, um, New Orleans gets a 2023 first round, 2024 second round. Denver gets obviously Sean Payton and a 2024 third round pick. Who won this trade here, D Buck? Put up there for you again. You know what? That's a lot. That's a lot to give up for a coach. But you, when you look in history, and someone tweeted this, I'm forget who it was i might have screenshotted it but um you know bill belichick was traded for john Gruden was traded for i believe was it parcells 
like it's been a couple other trades too. I feel like they've been successful for the most part. Right now, the Broncos in that ownership group, you saw they gave Russ a bunch of money. That that looked horrible last year. I think me and you would agree that that year for Russ though was more of like a what the fuck is wrong here? Like I, I feel like he could figure it out and bounce back and be Russ again. Do you do you agree with that? Or do you feel like he just fell off a cliff and there's no going back for Russ? Before I continue with my so that's a question. Yeah, that for my eyes, mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was confidence, right? Okay. So she, I, thought it was, I thought it was a a lack of confidence. It's everything. Wherever that came from, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. If, it was, if it was outside the building, inside the building, I just thought it was a lack of confidence. I feel as though Sean Payton Find these trades. can potentially bring some confidence back to 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 Russ. So some confidence. Now with that, I'm not I'm not saying that he can come in and you know Russell Wilson's gonna look like he did, you know, his early years in Seattle. But I feel as though he could bring some some confidence and some ease of the mind at the quarterback position for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now with that translate on the field as far as you know Russell playing better than he did last year hey we'll have to see. better <laughs> we'll have to see um but I do think you know he could come in and um you know breaking down some film and do some things and implement some things in that offense that can help Russell yeah I, I think uh <clears throat> I think Russ can bounce back and, ha- and have a good year do I think you know Russ is gonna throw 5,000 yards and, and you know 38 touchdowns and four picks no but I think Russ can have a good year especially with that defense that defense anywhere close to how they played um last season and uh, uh they got a good chance I you know Sean Payton played against Sean Payton a few times that system is it, it, a beast if it's hitting yeah. all cylinders the run game the screen game the intermediate passing game the dialed up shots I guess a good offense if you got obviously the right person um at the helm and we'll see but there's ownership group they're betting on obviously rush you gave up a ton to get Russ, and then you gave up a ton to get to, to get Peyton too and you, you got to pay him I don't know if the money came out yet but I'm sure it's you know probably above that 15 per number mm. so yeah you're putting a lot of money into this a lot of resources into Russell Wilson and Sean Payton turning the franchise around now these are two winners these two Super Bowl champions so you know I guess not a bad combo to bet on but we we shall see man how many games Year one, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. How many games do they win next year? I'll give you. I'll give you nine games. Damn, that's right. That's literally the number I was I had right in my head. So nine. That's what we set. We setting over under right now for wins for the Broncos at eight and a half. Eight and a half. I like it. We'll see if they a hey, fan do a fan do sports, but we just did your job, man. You're welcome. That's it. And speaking of fan duel, mm-hmm. let's get to it. Sure. The official sponsor of the Man to Man Pod. Um, you yeah, can download sir. Fan Duel now and use your promo code M2M M2M Live. Yes, yeah, sir. So you can bet Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. With FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread and to any uh, any time touchdown score. Uh, only on top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Go get paid. and You get your winnings. Not a day after, not two days after. You get paid instantly again. Right now. Shout out to FanDuel, official sponsor of the Man to Man podcast. Yes, sir. Remember that promo code M2M Live. You can throw that disclaimer up there real quick so they can see it. M2M Live. Go ahead and get that free money back if you trick off the first bet, which, you know. It happens. It happens. Happened to me last night, man. I had a nice, I had a beautiful same game parlay. Was it? Put together. Yeah, man. Nets, Celtics. I had um, 25 points for Irvin, 25 points for Tatum, 25 points for Jalen Brown, eight rebounds for Tatum, 
six assists for um, Kyrie Irving, but blowout. Oh, it's the, it's that, that was ugly. A 40-point game going into the fourth, I believe. It was 46-16 to 16 after the first. I said, oh, shit. Everybody had hit their legs. I had two more legs I was waiting on, two more assists from Kyrie, five more points from Kyrie. But he didn't play a minute in the fourth since it was a 40. 40-point 40 game. But um, Both of them games was ugly. Yeah. What, what was the other one? Uh, the Even Philly? The, uh, the Suns in um, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. That was the 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, it was a – I missed that one, but uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna figure it out with this basketball. Yeah, at some point, at some point, get my get right, D. But um, yeah, it was a good bet. Uh-huh. Blowout. February second, we <clears throat> talked about it. February second, man, it's Black History Month. Yes, sir. D. But when you think about Black History Month, oh, what come what comes to mind? Uh, you know, for me personally. I I always say this, and I believe it's just true in my life. I feel like Black History Month is every month for me. This is the month that's been chosen um, and identified, you know, in the country to to celebrate it for everyone. I feel like they've been putting a lot of other stuff in this month, too. But once again, it, 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 you know, American history, world history, world history um, literally is Black history. Um, and there is no you know, great uh, America and all these things that we're fortunate to live with now uh, without the sacrifices of, you know, African-American black men, women and children that have came before us. So uh, that's what I think about all, all the great uh, men, women that have came before us, uh, laid the foundation, sacrificed and, and made it to where it's a much easier uh, road for us now. Are, are there still obstacles? Are there still things we got to deal with? Absolutely. Every day. Um, but at the same time, it's way easier than it was for our parents. It's way easier for them than it was for their parents. And, and you continue to go down that line. So um, that's what I think about um, in uh, in the last few years, for sure. Probably say last maybe seven, eight years, I've tried to continue to educate myself on our history because so yep. much of it was um, uh, either kept from us or we were misled by it. And it's yep. still going on uh, right now in our school systems that, you know, things that they want to, you know, kind of paint and make look pretty or sound pretty and not really tell the truth about. So it's on us. You know, now we both parents is on us to not only do it for ourselves, to pass that along to our kids as well so that they're able to go and learn. And hey, shit, my kids teach me stuff um, <laughs> at, at this point. So uh, yeah. that, that's that's really what I uh, what I think about. And it's and it's a. Uh, a daily, I try to make it a daily, a daily thing for me. But um, this is the month that's identified or identified to celebrate it. So we definitely will, man. What about you, man? You should, well said, man. And when I think about Black History Month, I think about perseverance and resiliency, man. Um, just think about, like you said, you know, what our parents went through, what our grandparents went through, and what our ancestors went through, and still to this day, the way we were able to have such a major impact on history and on our world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I just think about personally, I couldn't imagine going through some of the things that our ancestors went through, but mm-hmm. for them to be able to persevere and, and, and just showing that resiliency, be able to push through and still overcome all of the things that we've had to go through as a, um, as a culture, man. And as a people, um, it's a beautiful thing. So again, man, when I think about this black history month, as we, as we, you know, highlight, you know, our our ancestors that, you know, did some tremendous things for us. So like you just mentioned that we were either misled on or we weren't yeah. taught. We weren't taught. Um, it's something special. And again, it's, sure. it, like you said, it's not something that we just going to focus on just one month, but throughout the year. And we got to continue to do our part. Yeah, absolutely, man. You you hey you black history too man black black history black future, all that man um obviously all the things that you've accomplished and continue to accomplish you know on the field out off the field in the community so um you know keep being a great great example for 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 our kids out there man appreciate you brother um Tom Gaines had a had a question A B I went to a PWY is there more of an emphasis on black history at HBCUs in general um. So I can't sit here and say it, there is because I didn't attend a PWI, right? So I'm not sure. And for the for the people that's listening, you don't know what a PWI is. It's a predominantly white institution. 
um, HBCU, a historically black college and, and university. So I'm not sure the emphasis on the curriculum at a PWI when you talk about the African-American studies. Um, I know it was taught at PWIs. Um, the thing about HBCUs is that it's ingrained in you, right? So it's the buildings that you walk in. All of the buildings that you walk in are, you know, named after um, mm -hmm. prominent, you know, black historians that, you know, black, black folks that did something very powerful in, in our history, right? So, um, and then again, you know, African-American studies and, you know, just different things that's going around um, around campus are, are really focused on the black culture and the black history. So again, I can't say that, you know, it's more of an emphasis on a, on a HBCU campus because I, I wasn't on a PWI, but I know the culture. That's mm -hmm. what HBCU is. It's, it's the, it's the black culture. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and black history is taught there. It is all around the university. It's all around campus. So, you can take that how you may. Well, you, I went to a PWI. Obviously, you went to HBCU. I went to a PWI. I went to uh, University of Connecticut. And um, I wouldn't say it was much of an emphasis at all, you know, put on black history. So, I, obviously, the complete uh, opposite, I would say. Um, now, you do have, you know, groups or certain things that are available, you know, that would be AACU or something like that. And if you do study African-American, but you would have to kind of, kind of what I spoke about earlier would be something that you had to go out of your way to do. And if it was something going on, you know, if been on the football team, been a student athlete, it was hard to be a part of anything outside of football and, and school. Right. Um, but if it was something that I could, you know, go to or attend or support, if, you know, some of my friends are doing it, uh, would definitely do it. But it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. And I remember um, one day, one day being in, um, oh yeah, maybe a football facility. And I'm looking through, and we had – it's like a, a picture of every football team of, like, you know, in history. Yeah. And so I'm going through. I'm like, when? When? What year did we – oh, there we go. <laughs> there okay, go. okay. Right. <laughs> and it was like it – was, it was late, too. It was some years. So when you think about that um, from a bit a broader view, athletics, that's one of the, the fairest – things right that's a meritocracy you always say hey you got to earn you keep every day and if it took as long as it took for you know black folks to be able to compete on those certain levels and those certain teams and certain leagues you know obviously we had to have the negro league baseball you know jackie robinson all these different things yeah um if it took that long in athletics you can just imagine the other hoops and obstacles that you know um these people in different areas and different genres different black people had to deal with and, and fight through um, to thrive. So um, being a, a former, um, I've been an alum of a PWI. Now nah, I, I would definitely, at least mine, I would say, wasn't an emphasis put on that. And, and it may be different now in, in 2023. Things have definitely changed um, a little bit in that regard, I think. But um, back in 04, 04 yeah. to 08, nah. nah. Yeah. nah you, had to, you had to go and do your own. You had to go to the library, get some books. Yeah. And do some real, you know, talk to some people, like talk to some old folks and really hear some, you know, that's the thing. Another thing, a lot of our history is is passed down orally too, you know, yeah. because a long time motherfuckers wasn't allowed to read, you know. So um that's a huge that creates a huge gap and a huge information, you know, um issue. Um, but yeah, it's a good good question though. Nah, great question. Great question. And again, that there you go your answer. So my experience at the at the HBCUs, it was ingrained in us. Every yep. building we walked in, you see the name on the building. And then when, mm -hmm. before you walked in, you have a picture of that person. You know, Frederick Douglass, you know, Alain Locke, Harriet Tubman. Um, you know, just just a, a number of people that just, just, just had a major, major impact on history, right? So every, you have all type of meetings on campus, you know, that talked about, the um the 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 black pride or 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 just the history on you know of, of us you know what I mean so and then D Butt tells you at the PWI he really didn't have the emphasis on that yeah. so Tone my guy that's your answer good question good question great question great question um 
And we told you guys, next week we'll be live from Media Row. Media Row will be live Thursday the yes, 9th, Friday the 10th. And our new live time it will be 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I'm right on your way home from work. You know, if yep. you're listening, you know, just have it on the YouTube. You know what I'm saying whatever you listen on. Uh, but it's going to be fun, man, out there in AZ. I can't wait to get out there. It's going to be a fun, fun time. Shout out to FanDuel, man. They, they got the whole setup, the whole spread. It's going to be dope. Yeah, I'm excited for it again, man. Y'all put that in your calendar now. February 9th and 10th, Thursday and Friday. 5 to 6. 6 Eastern time. 5 to 6 Eastern time. Live, man. What else we got to... um? Man, we put we this... Get to. We put this list up before, yeah. but this time next week, we will know who's in. Nah, what's, nah maybe not this time. It will be later on to the uh, the honor the show honors? Thursday. Your honor show is Thursday night. So we will know who the new class of 2023, um, what well, a Hall of Fame class of 2023 is. Um, you have a list up here for the people that can't see it. We'll go over it one more time. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, first year of eligibility, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Revis, and Joe Thomas, both first year, first year eligibility, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. It's going to be a tough one. Yes, sir. That's going to be a tough one. It, it always is, though. It always is because you look at that, you look at that list right there, man. You know, those, that's the best of the best, man. The best of the best in their game. And obviously some names, um, I would say, kind of stand out as far as, like, okay, as soon as that name came up, you know they'll be going in. Um, but it's going to be a tough, tough decision. Guys on that list have been there before and been there uh, waiting and – once again, qualified. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. But excited for those guys to get that, get that knock on the door. Get that knock, man. Get that knock. Um, what else we got before we get out of here, D. But man, obviously we got the, we got the Pro Bowl, the Skill Showdown tonight. Tonight at seven. Seven Eastern. 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on ESPN. Got the skill showdown. And then on Sunday, February 5th at 3 p.m. Once again, also be called by Pat McAfee and Kirk Herbstreet, the flag football game. And the skill showdown on Sunday actually was um, Pat and, and he was on the call with, with everybody that's that's doing that together earlier. So I heard some of the, hey, I got some of the script, guys. Okay, so, uh, okay. Y'all let me know, you know, if y'all want the script, how that's going to go. But uh, that should be interesting. Definitely going to watch. going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, the flag football and the, um, you know, the athletes out there on display. I'm sure we'll see some incredibly athletic shit out there from these guys. Obviously, we see it every Sunday. But, um, you know, knowing you get a little more athletic when you know you're not going to get hit. For sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a I'm fact. looking forward to that. That's a fact, man. Uh, we got a question, man, from, from Twitter, from my guy, G.I. Joe317, um, A.B. and D-Butt. What was your biggest driving force to believe you'd be able to play in the NFL? Did the motivation change or become tainted before, during, or after you played? Why? Great question, G.I. Joe. What's your biggest force to believe you'd be able to play in the NFL? Hmm. Um. Throw the brands up. Biggest force. I mean, for me, I, I was. It, it got to start with family for me. Um. You know, just my parents. I feel like my parents instilled, and a lot of parents say it, but um. You know, like you know that I could do anything that I wanted to do, and it was never any. It was never a, a caveat to that. Like whatever you want to do, like you can do, it, and we gonna support you and doing that however way we can. And, and, you know, it was a lot of us growing up, but they were somehow, some way, you know, everywhere supporting all of our dreams and goals, whatever they were, whether it be academically or athletically. So um, 
it started there for me. So that was my biggest driving force. And then once they instilled that in me, you know, I, I had a, I, I would say almost an unrealistic sense of confidence in, in, in myself and whatever I wanted to do, you know? So when other people will come in and cause that's what happens, kids and those of you who have kids, Kids see the world so differently than adults do because there aren't limits on them. It's not like, oh, yeah, you can do that, but, you know, but you got to do that, but you got to go to work. You got to do this. Like, no, nah, I want to do that. So that never really changed, I would, I guess, for me. So um, it started with the parents in the house, and then once that confidence was instilled in my in myself, um, I just knew. And I was blessed with God-given talent, so I just knew I had to take care of the things that I had to take care of which I felt like was the easy part. I, I, I owed that to, you know, myself and my parents. So um, I would say that was my family, I would say, too. Siblings, family, outside of my parents as well. So um, family, support system, biggest driving force. And then after that, just the confidence and the belief in in, in, in myself. What about, uh, what about you? Damn, bro, you got – read my script, man. But it, <laughs> it was like it's the same thing, you know, growing up, having an older brother – having a real tight-knit, you know, um, family, you know, mom and dad coming from humble beginnings and just seeing how hard they worked and the same thing, what they instilled in myself and my oldest brother, um, believing in yourself, um, dream, you know, dream was dream. And then, you know, when you have that dream, you, you do whatever you got to do to fulfill that dream. Um, and then it got to a point where, you know, I was confident. And, you know, I talk about it all the time, we're just betting on myself. That was – yep. That's when it started, you know, betting on myself, you know, folks telling me what I couldn't do um, and just really, you know, wanting to prove them wrong as well. Prove them wrong and prove myself right. Yeah. And, um, and when it got to a point where the the the, the vision became clear, OK, I'm going to put all my passion, I'm going to put all my all this work ethic to this goal so I can yeah. fulfill it so I can now I can change my family dynamic. And I think that was one of like the driving forces where I'm gonna go out here, I'm gonna do what I need to do. So, you know, mom and dad they've took taken care of me my mm -hmm. entire life. Now I can I can repay them that favor. You know what I mean? So obviously as as I grew older, um, I think that driven that driven force changed. You know, I started having kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, now that now that's the driving force, you know, being able to um create that legacy and maintain that legacy, man. So um, that's a great question, GI Joe. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and shit, don't stop, don't stop dreaming either. For for nah. anybody out there, man, I know, I know you you still you know doing your thing and you see the world, you know, differently because once you and I'll tell you this too, um, going to the NFL, you know, kind of when you have a because when you when you're in the process of it, you're going to college, you're going to pros, you're doing all this thing like it's just it's your day to day routine. You kind of get lost in just doing it. But when you kind of look back at it, it's like, oh, like that was that was a huge account. Not only making it, but then staying. You realize staying yeah. is, is the harder part. But then once a lot of us get out, um, you know, a lot of us go through certain things where it's like, damn, you know, that part of me is over. Like, who am I? It's like this big, this big uh vacancy, this big hole. And so you gotta continue to dream, man, continue to try to do something else, you know, figure something else out, have different dreams, have different aspirations, and then apply those same things that you apply to making it to the NFL, which I feel like from a professional standpoint, that's the hardest thing that I would have to do ever. I feel like every anything else outside of that, running a business or doing it, like those things are much easier than the shit we had to deal with to go and make it and then stay in the NFL. And I say that to a lot of other athletes out there, whether you play a, a, a down, a practice, put a jersey on for a training camp, like apply a lot of those same things to what you're doing, you know, outside of that, man, because you can go a long, long way with those. It's almost like superpowers you got to acquire to make it in this shit, man, mentally, physically. So just apply those same things to – to other aspects of life, man. That would be nah. it ain't easy, you know. There's nah, always not. peaks and valleys, but nah, no, no, no question. And we haven't really talked talked about that much on the on this podcast. I think it's uh um obviously it's gonna be a time and place where we talk about that. And I think we should because we talk about the transition, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we talk about the transition of doing something that you've been doing 
half of your life, right? So I know yeah. I started I started playing ball when I was eight years old. I retired when I was 34, 35, right? Mm -hmm. So that's 27 years I've been doing something and at a snap of a finger, it's over with, right? Yeah. And it's easy to say, oh, you knew your time was coming or whatever, but you never, you never want to stop thinking like, okay, it's that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be real with yourself. We know that ending is coming, but to your point, you know, like you said, like it's it's a it comes a time where you're like, well, damn, like who who am I? I've been doing this for so long. I, I'm like in a small percentile who was able to even make it to this level and play yeah. X amount of years. It's like, okay, like who who am I? And I think a lot of guys they struggle with that because yeah. a, lot, a lot of times guys just view themselves as, oh man, I'm this great football player. And I try to tell the youngest now, like the sooner. There's two things with this NFL, right? Well, it's a couple things. The sooner you can find out that this is a business, yeah, you can save a lot of feelings, mm -hmm. right? A lot of your feelings getting hurt, getting too high, getting too low. As soon as you can find out, hey, this is a business and run it like a business, cool. Another thing, that NFL thing is not a not for long. Each and every day, each and every week. Each and every month, each and every year, they're trying to find somebody to replace you. Yeah. Right? And also know that this game is going to come to an end. And when it comes to an end, you're still going to be a young, a fairly young man in this world. Yeah. So find something or two things that you can do after the game is done that can bring you joy. Don't do it for the money. Just... Just find something that brings you joy. And you touched on it earlier. Like, when we play this game of football, like, you will never be in a room or in a organization that has 53, 61 men that are dedicated to something as much as what we were, right? Where, mm -hmm. where you had to... take You had to make sacrifices. You had to work out. You, had, you, you were in the building with the guys more than you with your family. Yeah. And those attributes that you learned along that time, when you get done in the game, man, and you go into this real world, like you said, if you can take those attributes that you learned playing the game, you were so successful in that game, and you can put it towards uh, being a business owner, which is, you know, like you said, like being in the NFL is tough, but being a business owner, that shit is tough too. Because now yeah. you, you have a mindset that some people in that business can never even fathom of having. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Just the accountability part, being on time, you know, being able to work with a team, being able to communicate, man. So so for the guys, man, like that's one of the things that we just gotta Under, yeah. We gotta we gotta start putting our arms around our brothers, man, and just hey, just say, man, like look, man, you still that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though you know you off the field, you like you still that guy. You still got a lot of shit in you, man, that this world deserve to see so that's right man it's, it's yeah. literally superpower and and just very similar to military you know people that get out of the middle military obviously you know they are all the stuff we talked about with with us you know you put that time you know 100x when it comes to the military you're talking about accountability you're talking about teamwork you're talking about you know it's life and death a lot of times with those individuals um, so when you exit and you, you've been around a lot of these business people, um, that's why former athletes, former team captains, former military personnel, like they're so um, like you want them. You want them to get them, get you in the you want to get those guys in the building. You want to get those yeah. young ladies in your building and be a part of your team, be a, a manager, an executive or this. And I think a lot of us don't really realize like what we are equipped with once you because once you get out to the real world it's a it's a big scary world people don't realize like from the time you for a lot of athletes at least from the time you 14 15 like you know you know okay you one of them so your life is going to be kind of different any doors yeah. you want any meeting you want to get anybody you want to get on the phone the office you want to walk into like shit you and Indy, you want to go talk to the mayor? Shit, you on they they schedule the next day at three. You know, Facts. like that shit. That shit ain't life once you take that jersey off. Once you walk out of that locker room for a lot of individuals, so it's a different life, man. But yeah, we definitely we got a whole off season to get yeah. into that type of stuff and um start talking about it more. But it definitely needs to be talked about more. But um, excited, man. Next time we will see y'all, we'll be on the other side of the country. 
ready to kick off the biggest game of the year, the last one of the NFL football season. Yeah. Jalen Hurts will be leading his Philadelphia Eagles against Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs, man, out there in Scottsdale, Arizona. Or what was that? Glendale, Arizona. Glendale, yep. yeah. Yeah, Glendale, Arizona, man. So excited for that. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. y'all for rocking with us, man, all year long. Yes, sir. Season, yes, sir. Again, Thursday and Friday, 5 to 6 Eastern time. We will not be live on Monday, Thursday and Friday. We'll see you. Yes, y'all. sir. So, again, we'll see y'all. Peace. Go. See y'all on the top. We go. We go.